Welcome to a very special podcastle. This is Dave Thompson, and I'm here with... Anna Schwend. Hello, Anna. How are you this fine morning? I'm well, thank you. How are you, Dave? I'm doing pretty good. What What the hell are we doing up right now at this time of the morning? Oh, at this very early time of morning, earlier for you than for me, we're about to talk about a book. Because we've decided that just talking about stories isn't enough. Yeah, we need to talk about books too. Especially books that we're excited about and books that we get for free. (laughs) Basically, we wanted free books. And uh, we got an awesome first free book to start off with. The first book that we have here is The Dragon's Path by Daniel Abraham. It came out at uh, the beginning of April. And we're really pleased to have Mr. Abraham himself here to talk to us a little bit about what his book is about. All right. So, like, Podcastle Spotlights, the reason that we're doing this is um, not just for the free books, but also because we have some very cool authors here at Podcastle. Some of those authors have published books. And we're under the impression that just because they've published the books, you, our audience, may not know about them. So we've asked those authors to come here to PodCastle, talk a little bit about their book. We also asked them to send their books to us so that we could read them and talk about them to you as well. Uh, Anything you want to add to that, Anna? Uh, Yes. In particular, we were struck by how beautifully it worked together when our beloved host, Mary Hobson, wrote her book and we published a story that was in the same milieu and we said, hey, if you like this, you here's this book, and so many of you went out and got it, and so many of you found it to be exactly the sort of thing you wanted to be reading, and we thought, hey, we could do that on purpose instead of just by synchronous (laughs) accident, (laughs) and that was another reason that we've had this idea for the spotlight. Totally, and uh, yeah, like, and since then, Mary's books have been nominated for a Nebula Um, on our message forum. We've had uh, I don't know, quite quite a few people on there talking about how much they love the book and so excited that the sequel came out. And uh, yeah, just nothing but good things about that. Exactly. So our first author is uh, Daniel Abraham. He's, he's actually, I think, one of the most prolific authors, the more that I've learned about him, that we've published here at PodCastle novel-wise. Dude's written like, God, 10 novels in the last... 10 years. I mean, he's, he's just done a ton of stuff. He's written some of my favorite episodes at, uh, at escape artists, I think, uh, flat Diane. That was pseudopod. Yeah, that was pseudopod. And that was one of my absolute favorite horror stories, uh, that I've, that I've heard there. And I believe possibly ever any, many people's favorite. Yeah. At, at, at pseudopod, you mean? Yes. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, he's also written several stories here for us at PodCastle. He's also written Paul Four and Merryweather and The Emperor's Vengeance. Uh, as MLN Hanover, he wrote Hurt Me and The Curandero and The Swede. And also, um, back before our time, well, I guess The Curandero and The Swede was back before our time. But even further back before that, The Canvas and Lord Iron. Flat Diane was nominated for the Nebula Award and won the International Horror Guilds Award. 
and The Canvas and Lord Iron, A Fairy Tale of Economics, was nominated for the Hugo Award and the World Fantasy Award. So there you go. That's just a little bit about Daniel Abraham. His new book is The Dragon's Path. It came out at the beginning of April, and here's Daniel Abraham to tell us a little bit about it. Hi, my name's Daniel Abraham, and I wrote a book called The Dragon's Path. It's the first book in a five-book series called The Dagger and the Coin. The series doesn't have only one place that it began. One of the places it started was high school. I was that kid with the the backpack full of books where I, you know, didn't know which one of the six things I was reading I was going to want to look at next and god forbid I should be at the bus stop with 10 minutes to kill and not have the one particular one I wanted to look at next. So I carried them all. And a friend of mine, his name was Enrique handed me the first book in David Edding's Belgariad. I loved those books. I read them till the spines broke. I bought them again and read those till the spines broke. I probably went through those five books 10, 15, 20 times. I still have little bits of the dialogue that I remember. I still have moments of those characters I can picture. And... I haven't gone back to reread them. Not in the last probably 20 years. I don't think they'd be what I remembered. And yet, I'd kind of like there to be books out there that feel to me now the way that those felt then. And so that was the mandate. That's the job. Make those books exist. It's a tall order. I don't know that I will make it, but I'm going to swing for the back fences. And one of the ways I'm going to do that, one of the ways I have done it in the first book, and I'm going to keep right on going, is to take everything that I think is the most fun and the coolest and you know the stuff that really just sends the shivers down my spine, and I'm going to put them all in a blender and make these books out of them. So, if you read the book, you're going to see bits of Walter Tevis's Queen's Gambit, if you've read that one. It's obscure, but it's great. You're going to see bits of Babylon 5. You're going to see bits of Firefly. You're going to see bits of really kind of obscure um, World War II history. You're going to see a lot of the Medici Bank And I've draped the whole thing, I'm trying to drape the whole thing, over this structure that I built after talking to people like George R. R. Martin and S.M. Sterling and Walter John Williams and Melinda Snodgrass and Ian Tregellis and my buddy Ty Frank, who I write space opera with, that plays to what I see as all of the real strengths of epic fantasy. All of the real part of it. And it may work. I hope it works. But part of what I've discovered about writing is it's a process of learning for me. I'm getting better at it. And this is a little more than I'm sure I can do. And it's a little more 
than I think I can do. And I've been wrong every time I thought I couldn't do something before. So maybe, maybe I'm going to get away with this. But that's really for you to judge. Well, very cool. Thanks to Daniel Abraham for taking the time to do that. Thanks. I think it's safe to say we love the hell out of this book. Yeah, the, the world building in this book was incredibly cool. <laughs> in this book, the you know, it was actually dragons that ruled over man at the, I don't know if it was the beginning of time, but men, humankind, were literally the dragon slaves. So, because the prior ruling class, which was the dragons, essentially created all the subclasses, the world also has a large variety of different races, and they're not your... Uh, standard cookie cutter pantheon of dwarves, elves, etc. A lot of the characters have scaled skin. There are dogmen, although you're not supposed to call them dogmen. Those are those are two of the additional classes. There's a class in there that I'm really excited to see in future books called the Drowned. I mean, there are a ton of different kinds of people that were that were bred by the dragons. I think. 11 different classes? Does that sound right? That sounds about right. And the interesting thing that I thought came to bear there is that this is a, a world in which there is definite racial tension between the classes. And that plays out. And also, this is a world where all these classes have been essentially genetic in, genetically engineered for specific purposes. So they have things that they're good at. And they have things that they're not so good at. But of course, humans were the first peoples, and therefore humans have a whole lot of hump and privilege that they're carrying around. And that plays out. They think they're better than everybody else. Um, very interesting. Cool, cool. Should we talk about some of the characters? Uh, or we could talk about how well they're done without giving too much about them specifically away. We probably don't want to talk about, you know, how so-and-so killed so-and-so. And what? Someone got killed? <laughs> Not an epic fantasy. So the novel takes the standard approach of epic fantasy, which is to take a bunch of characters and sort of weave their path uh, together. And sometimes that weaving is a beautiful tapestry, and sometimes it's this great Gordian knot of conflict. And so we follow each of the characters, and we get to know them at least a little bit, and one of the things that I think uh, Daniel Abrahams has done very masterfully is to show you a sympathetic side to every character. This is not a black and white book. When the characters come to their ultimate goals, whether they're um, ben beneficial to, the, to themselves and the world at large or greatly harmful, you know and understand exactly how they got there you saw them get there, and it makes sense from a human perspective. So it's not like, there, there's not really any Hitlers in this book, although people do Hitlerian things. It's staggering, some of the things that, that characters do in this book. And what else is staggering is that you, like you said, you understand why they did it, and you totally, you still, you kind of hate yourself, but you kind of sympathize with them. For, for why they did it. Absolutely. So there's there's this this fir this great first group of characters whose you know perspectives we all see. There's Marcus who is a uh, 
the jaded war hero. There's Marcus, who's the jaded war hero. There's Getter, who is um, son of high-class family, but who's kind of a geek and fat and uh, poked a lot of fun of at by his comrades, who's going to war. There's Sithrin, who is an orphan brought up by a bank. And there's Dawson, who is... <laughs> who's one of the most arrogant and uh, he, he's like he's to some degree he's the opposite of Ned Stark from Martin's uh, Game of Thrones in that he's he's got he's full of honor and everything but he really lords over everyone else in the story um, because of his position and he's a great example of how harmful sort of the privilege blinders can be to you. And he's a very interesting character, actually. And again, he's one where you can see exactly where he's coming from. And you're reading it and you're going, man, this guy is a self-absorbed, racist jerk. But I can see why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. One of the things you and I were talking about earlier, Anna, was the awesome set of supporting characters. Yeah, the secondary characters are very well done. And I don't know if that's because some of those secondary characters may move into primary character roles. God, I hope so. As the fantasy unfolds. But they're that good. You think they can. And if they are not that, I mean, he's done a lot of work to make sure that they're realistic, that they have their own personas and their own directions and things that they're concerned with. And that's not to take away from the primary characters who we both agree are awesome, but it's, it's, it is something just to totally um, commend Daniel Abraham for the, the secondary characters are just a blast. You, you feel a lot of camaraderie with them. And he, and he's used the secondary characters very effectively to inject something that I think is often missing from particularly adult oriented epic fantasy, which is humor. This book is actually funny. It's very funny. I will use my internet cliche now and say that I literally lolled, guys. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's it's funny, and there's some there are some pretty dark things that happen in this book. There, there's a lot of dark things. I mean, the book starts out with you know a guy who has spiders for blood. So I mean, it, it's it's pretty wicked. But um, at the same time, you know, especially I, I've been reading a, a Game of Thrones lately, and in, in contrast to that book, this book is is so much fun too. Right, right. The humor is very well used to temper the horror, and to in the end, I mean, I think Daniel Abraham's position is that is that in the end, people are redeemable, and so you're not going to read this and get to the end and say, oh, nu- nuke them all from orbit. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, um, you know, you, you want these characters to redeem themselves or be redeemed in some way. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a total blast. So, you know, go read it. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. Thanks very much to uh, Daniel Abraham for letting us read it and for shooting it our way. We hope you dig it, too. Let us know on the forum uh, what you thought of the book. And of the spotlight in general. Do you want more? Do you want less? Yeah, this is this is a, a very new thing for us. We, um, you know, 
experiment. It's it's really funny that we talked about this like in January. And about two weeks before, well, maybe by the time this goes live, it'll be like a month before um, this goes live at Escape Pod <laughs> posted the awesome interview that they did with um, Lauren Bukes, the author of the Arthur C. Clarke Award winning Zoo City. And uh, <laughs> it's just kind of one of those funny things that we do in tangent, but have no idea that, that what the right hand has no idea what the left hand is doing. So, um, I don't know where the hell I was going. <laughs> it's a big coincidence, and we didn't just come up with this 10 seconds ago, even though it probably sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let us know Let us know what you think, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you on our forum at forum.escapeartist.net. Otherwise, check out The Dragon's Path. You can uh, pick it up as an ebook. Oh, if you pick it up as an ebook, you, you'll also get uh, the space opera that Daniel Abraham mentioned, Leviathan Wakes, for free if you buy The Dragon's Path as an ebook. I understand it'll also become available in audio soon, which I'm actually really looking forward to because the further away I get from this book, um, the more it makes me smile. And I'd really like to give it another listen sometime soon. With some editing, it'll be usable. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to edit this a bit. Okay. <laughs>